Welcome back. We are on now episode three or lesson three or session three or whatever we want to call it. I'm Brad Schmidt. I'm Dr. Dr. Sandy Luck. Dr. Sandy Luck. We're here to talk about the Marketing Foundations. This is uh, the Marketing Foundations class at UND, and you're the professor, and I'm the guy that gets to ask fun questions and talk about all this stuff with marketing. You get a free marketing class. This has been great. great. I've actually really enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to doing doing a lot more of these. We got, what, I guess 13 more to go after this one. And you're good at math, too. And I, Yeah, I can do math. <laughs> I am not very good. It's like any triple-digit numbers, I start to struggle, but okay, like well. I can still do Ten plus ten is twenty, and yeah, and we'll but. see how well this goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, I'm Brad Schmidt. And my guest, uh, or you, actually, I'm kind of your guest. This is really your podcast. I, I, I know. Guess. I'm in a it's fight. our podcast. Yeah, let's we'll do call it. it that. Yeah. So we talked in the first week. We talked about what is marketing. We defined it last week. We talked about the marketing process and like how research that process. research marketing mm-hmm. research process correct, and uh, kind of how that whole thing works. And now you've introduced me to a term that I've never heard in the world of marketing. You said you called it segmentation. Yes. What the heck is segmentation as it relates to marketing? Okay. So according to the textbook, it says market <laughs> segmentation is dividing the larger market into smaller segments based on meaningful shared characteristic and shared needs. So is this just like breaking up like there's age groups like 18 to 24, 25 to 38? Yep. So that would be in the demographic segmentation. Okay. So there's four different categories in segmentation. So there's demographic, geographic, psychographic, and then usage rate. So between those four, what we do is you put all of the people that use your product, use your service, come into your location or go to your website and you kind of put them into a group, right? So demographic, it, that that one's the easiest. And that's probably the most common. The age groups, uh, the gender, you know, what they do as an occupation, um, how much money they make. And so you think about that group of people in, under demographic. And the simple way to understand that is the demographics of a person who's working you know, a, a maybe a minimum wage or entry level job is not going to be able to afford a Ferrari. Definitely. So Ferrari's not going to spend a lot of time marketing to that demographic. Exactly. Okay. So you're in your in your segmentation, you might have the occupations. For example, let's say my coffee shop, right? right. I don't have just teachers who come and drink coffee. I have teachers. I have radio personalities guys, like <laughs> with your guys <laughs> i was like well, what's the right word yeah, personality yeah <laughs> okay. you know it's funny i didn't because i'm not i didn't like get into that business i didn't uh, like i stumbled into radio i didn't have any education or whatever and like so i had used the term dj before and if you talk to a radio personality and you call him a dj that oh, that's like that's offensive like yeah. and i'm like yeah, I do radio. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, yeah. So anyway, that's I totally you off a- subject, but it's like, I'm a radio personality. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody hasn't listened to the Schmidt show, let me, there's, there's my promotion for right. you. Okay. I will warn you though. I, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter what side of any aisle you're on. You're going to be offended at some point. Listen to my show. I don't know. I laugh a lot of times because well, now I do I have know- a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> I know you and I'm like, oh, Brad. <laughs> But so back to marketing. Yes, okay, correct. <laughs> Segmentation is is breaking down the groups of or the larger group, basically the seven billion people on the planet, yes. into manageable groups that yes. you either want to or don't want to market to. Correct. Right. So each of those categories, 
So go, let's go back to demographic because I think that this part is important. If you think about who, so go back and we were talking about radio personalities, teachers yeah. drink coffee, uh, students drink coffee, mothers drink coffee. So all of those are listed in the demographic section. Like you don't take them away at this point. We're making, we are dividing them into smaller groups, but we can list several of them. Age groups, you know, try and do a small age group or range yeah. as you can. So maybe 18 to 25, 26 to 30. And again, you might have lots of them. It might be several different age groups. Who doesn't drink coffee? Uh, it's probably zero a much smaller to, group. Yeah, yeah, zero to 13, I would say, does not drink coffee. They're not going to be on my list, right? And so you do that for the demographic. Then we move into geographic. Okay. Geographic is a fun one and probably pretty simple because well, you, geographics are, I'm, I'm not going to market my coffee shop to people who live in India. If I'm building a coffee shop in Grand Forge, North exactly. Dakota. Unless I'm online. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're selling not just coffee drinks, but bagged bean ground. Exactly. All that. Kind yes. Of if I have a website, I can market to people ah, yeah. who are in different areas. Geographic locations. Absolutely. But geographically can mean, you know, what city you're in, but also what part of the city you're in, what part of the town you're in. Um, that becomes more important in much larger populations, right? Because, I mean, everywhere in Grand Forks is five to ten minutes away. And if you live in a really small community, like I, I lived in Laramore for several years, I can drive all the way across town and back five times in five minutes. You, you can, but I'll also say that sometimes there's things that people just want to walk to. Mm. Or, you know, I mean, in Grand Forks, north side, south side. The other thing to think about is because, again, we're trying to put these people into a group. You know, um, are they um, urban? Are they rural? That could be another. So, like, you you know, you came from a rural community. That means something different. That that word, rural, what does that mean to you? Like, yeah, you think I think it? farmers and yeah, exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and so that a, has a different... Even even when I think about a farmer or a rural area, that person is a different person that I could sell to than if someone lives in a city. Yeah. So, okay, so geographic, easy. So before we go too far, I want to ask this question, and I just thought of this now. In today's kind of hypersensitive world, we're talking about putting labels on people, and that can be a little off-putting just because of the language, but it really is. It's it's not about labeling them or forcing them into something they're not. This is just about generalization so you can have a solid marketing plan, right? Yes. This is why sometimes I shut the marketing doors of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. you're right. And, and as marketers, we have to step away from the thought that we are judging people or we're classifying people or we're putting them into a stereo stereotype. Ultimately we are. Right. I mean, you know, I, I, and we're not doing it in a negative way. I guess that's probably the best way to say it because we have to think about, you know, this group of people who buy this particular product, it might be for a particular race. And mm. you know, that right now is a yeah, scary hyper, topic, hyper, yeah. right? So uh, the best example I can say, and we, we do share these, you know, different examples with larger stores. And I think it's even in the textbook, but when you think about um, hair products, yes. right? And I have some friends who are um, black Americans who had this crazy, amazing hair, right? right? And they always say, how'd you do that? And usually they say, because there's really good product, but I don't get it in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yeah. 
because they can't find that particular product yeah. here. You know, maybe our stores don't sell it or they don't have it available. So again, they're not going to market to a white person. Doesn't make right. sense. So yeah. And it's not a racial thing. It's no. just a, it's just a, a, a logistics essentially. Exactly. It's, it's a product that yeah. is meant for a particular kind of person, which. And they, it honestly, it bugs me a little bit to even have to have this conversation, but unfortunately in today's world, yeah. we kind of have to. So yeah. I just, I wanted to kind of bring that up. Cause I got to thinking, I'm like that. I you start no. classifying or labeling people. Then yeah. people get upset. Yeah, Remember but. we shut the doors when we talk about sex. <laughs> we shut the doors when we talk about, about any kind of I mean, a racial issue. Right, yeah. I mean, and, and again, it's not to offend anybody, but it is to put you out yeah. into the real world. Because if ethics, you want to be, su- you want to be successful. And, and that's the other part. If you want to be successful and do it ethically, it is an important thing to understand that I'm not doing this, that, or the other in in some for some per, some nefarious purpose. It's simply because, as we talked about in week one, serving like serving your customer by selling them a product that they actually need and will use is not some shady thing. It's you're genuinely doing a kind service to mankind and doing it in a, in a way that is appropriate. So anyway, so we've got, we've got demographics. Geographics is, is we, we kind of said is it's pretty straightforward, but with the advantage of the internet, there's a million, your geographics become much, much smaller all of a sudden as well. So anything else with geographics that I missed, I kind of interrupted you. You got it. That's great. Next one is psychographics. Psychographics. Now this one is really interesting to me. And, and I actually had a stud of an example of this when we were getting ready to record this that I want to bring up. And again, this is not supposed to be an offensive thing, but Subaru, the car company back in the nineties, they started doing a bunch of market research and they found out that many of the women that were buying their cars were lesbian. Mm -hmm. And so they said, Hey, nobody else is marketing to this particular psychographic, which is a, a, a lifestyle or, or whatever. And it could be, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a a sexual orientation, but you're an outdoorsman, you're a, a fisherman, you're a whatever. So they said nobody's marketing to this psychographic. And so they went and intentionally began marketing Subaru cars to the lesbian community and not, not the LGBTQ or whatever, like, but specifically the female lesbian ages 18 to 34 or whatever they were. And they were incredibly successful at it and did a great job. Is that, I mean, is that a great example of what? That's okay. a great example. I mean, I, you know, I think of it is your lifestyle. It could be also when you think about psychographics, think about values, what people's values are in oh. their life. So I was raised, my mom and dad, you know, neither had a whole lot of money, but they, sh- they raised us with work ethic mm. and that we didn't take from other people, right? We right. worked for it. And as a, as a young mom, uh, who was a single mom that wanted a new car and could afford a new car because I worked really hard for it. I remember in the day and age that I wanted to go buy a brand new car and I could afford a Kia. Mm. And at that time, and I really have to go back and figure out what this promotion was. But unfortunately, Kia had a promotion that said, no matter what your credit score is, you can buy a Kia. Mm. And I remember hearing that on the radio thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to buy a Kia because I'm a single mom and probably that's that particular, you know, psychographic group that they're looking for 
but I don't want to be that. I don't yeah. want to be the person that people think I have. I don't want to be associated a, with yeah. making poor choices or whatever. Or yeah. bad credit scores. Right. So I, I did end up buying a Kia and I loved it. It was a great, <laughs> it was great car. car. I just fought my way through it. But I will say it really did hit me and I did think about it. So I think that's the other thing to think about, you know, what you're promoting. Could your marketing people. campaign push people away? Exactly. And not that you're meaning to, but, and, and that's the same with Subaru, you know, did it push people away? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that would be a good, you know, research paper at some point to say, you know, what. So for those of you who are working on your PhD in marketing. Yes. Your your PhD in marketing could be your your dissertation could be on the yeah. Kia or the the uh, Subaru, Subaru marketing campaign campaign. Absolutely. They were from all accounts that I've read on it, they were incredibly successful. And I mean, look around now, Subaru. I mean, all kinds of people drive Subarus. The the young college kids that love a hot rod that goes super fast, they want the WRX with the turbo and all of that. And so they've obviously done a pretty good job of marketing to other people as well. Yes. But they did put one particular campaign together for a specific psychographic, yes, which absolutely. is fascinating to me because I had never thought of that mm -hmm. before. So yeah. I'm learning something as, along with all of you. Really great marketers, right? They really put that into perspective. So psychographic also has, you know, again, going back lifestyle values, thinking about how people live, what they eat, if they're healthy, if they work out, you know, those are particular people that you would promote something to or put out a campaign to that would listen to your message. So, and I'm a, I'm a formula one fan. So I love watching racing, the formula one racing specifically. And there's a few drivers that, that represent certain products or whatever that I, I in fact, this weekend I was watching racing and it got rained out. So we had a lot of time to look at the cars sitting still and see all of the sponsorships on the car. And so I was actively searching on Google, this different product or that different product. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I don't know what they do. One of them was a, a Claro or something like that. I'm like, what is Claro? Well, it turns out it's a cell phone provider in the UK. So I can't purchase the product anyway, but like those sorts of things. And so, and there are some times where I make purchasing decisions based on whether a particular driver, the, oh yeah, the yeah. influencer, a particular driver pr promotes that product or not. So absolutely. See yeah. how great this is becoming because now you can actually put all of this terminology into the yeah. real life. Of I've saying, been influenced. Yes. Yes. I'm influenced by that person. I wonder if they're paid. Well, of course. That yeah. brand is paying, paying that to be on. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so psychographics, what was, there was another one, wasn't there? Last one is usage rate. Usage, rate. usage rate. Which is very simple thinking about what would be, you know, would this person buy or use this product once or would they use it several times? And even going a little bit deeper, you know, how many times a day, how many times a week? So an example for me with this would be my Halox store. And I kind of go back to Halox store uh, quite a oh, bit. Because and it's this is unique, your coffee shop in yep. the city of Halox, Minnesota. Yeah, the town of Halox. Yeah, it's not even a city. 900 yeah, people. 900 people. So when we were first approaching that Halock store, that was one of the things I ta I thought about was, you know, the usage rate, are these people going to come in and purchase coffee and how often are they going to? So when I was doing the research, I found such several different articles that talked about rural towns supporting and connecting to their local businesses and I really put that into play and thought about that a lot of if I can really encourage this community to understand that it is their coffee shop, it's not mine, it's their coffee shop, then they're going to use that location like it's their own. And that's exactly what we've done. 
But again, that was all thought about before. It wasn't just, wow, this happened. Which comes back to the theme of there's so much more. There is, because there is a strategy to all of these things. It was never meant to be deceitful at all. It was thoughtful of saying, how do I make this coffee shop in this town of 900 people their own coffee shop? Because they will use it more. They'll come to it more. They'll come twice a day. They'll bring. They'll have their kids go. And and again, we've done we've been very successful with that. So usage rate is important because you want to understand how much, maybe even how much that product will be sold, and what the sales would. And be. this comes back to the ethics discussion as well, right? You said it's not deceitful. It wasn't that you were trying to trick them into showing up at the coffee shop, but it it's genuinely offering a service that people in Halleck, Minnesota, if they want a specialty coffee. Either they drive all the way to Grand Forks or wherever to the nearest chain coffee store and have to, you know, not just pay the six or seven bucks for the cup of coffee, but the gas money to get there, the time and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if I can get it right in my own community, I get the 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 experience of a specialty coffee. I get the the experience of a happy barista who's going to ask me how my day is going because they know me and they see me in there every day and all of that sort of thing. And it becomes, like I said, a genuine service that is is providing something that that it's not just about the coffee it's about the experience it's about the friendships it's about the the meeting my buddies at the coffee shop if i'm in high school or or having a a small business meeting that's not in my kitchen at my farmhouse or whatever and so it's it's again so much more than about coffee and I'll put you on the next um, campaign <laughs> to talk about it because that was great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, again, I go back to strategy. It goes, you know, when you're thinking about all of this, when I was creating an idea or a plan for Halloc, I went through and segmented all of the people. And I, I did a lot of research. So I went back to lesson two and I did the research for this to understand who are these segments so I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So now we have the, the segmentation where we, you know, segmented the four and then we go to target market. And that's why you do all of this is to find that target market or that target person, right? Exactly. So we first go to target market and then we go down to persona. So it's almost like a little funnel. And segmentation is as many people as you can think of that go to your location, use your service, use your product, because you do want that big. You want that you know, I always say bullet points, talking bullet points. Mm. So if I'm going to write my list of demographics, it's probably going to be a lot of bullet points for my product. And then I bring it down and I say, okay, my target audience, the majority of the people, like I might have listed 18 to 25, 26 to 30, 30, 35. I'm going to have all of those all the way to 75, right? I'm going to bring it down to a target market and I'm going to say majority of people, yes, they all use it, all of those different, age groups use my location or use my product. But, you know, what could I say is the majority of them? Well, maybe the majority are 25 to 45. So then I'm going to specifically say my target audience is 25 to 45. Will the 18 year old still come into my location and use my product? Yes. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying it's not that they're not welcome. Exactly. I'm just saying majority of them are this age. And I think that's something that's kind of hard the first couple of times you do this because you want to say everybody. Yeah. I want everybody to buy my product. I want to be the next Jeff Bezos. I want to be the next Steve jobs, whatever. Right. And so we don't want to say everybody because as we go on with this process, you're going to see it's, it's too costly Mm -hmm. and they all 
use, they all are promoted to differently. They all use different methods to hear your message. So, so, so let me interrupt and ask a question. How much, how important is this for the, we talked in, I think it was in week one about internal marketing versus external marketing. And this might be off subject a little bit. And if it is, just tell me, but the, how important is for like in your situation, you own the coffee shop in Halak, how important is it for your baristas to understand that say, you know, somebody who's uh, the, you know, the group of five men who are in their early seventies that come in every Tuesday morning for coffee, that they're not going to probably buy the caramel macchiatos and they're probably not going to buy the, the whole brand muffins and all that kind of stuff. So they're not going to waste time trying to upsell that customer to the specialty coffee or the brand, or is it more the idea of like, Oh, I see the mom coming in with her three kids. And I know that the, typically the kids don't drink coffee, but we've got this really cool, um, this really cool, uh, uh, hot cocoa drink or something like that. So maybe I'll try to upsell the mom and, and, and upsell sounds bad because it sounds no. that nefarious thing, but it's not. I mean, no. you want that kid to have a great experience as well. So they continue to come back yeah. as they become, grow up and become adults. How important is that internal marketing for this, that your employees understand that information? Well, or is okay, that so, maybe a different topic no, well, for is, a different lesson? It is. I, I will just say, I think it is important for them to understand who your target audience is, but I'm going to tell you to upsell to everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's what so, you want. I mean, yes, you're increasing absolutely. sales, increasing revenue. I, and- I think the the piece where this, this target audience comes in is knowing and accepting that all these different types of people are going to use your product or service. But the reason why we create a target audience is because we think about campaigns, messages, I see. Okay. you know, so my guys, cause that's a great example in all of our stores. We always have, you know, the 70, 80 year old guys who come in that teach us a million things. Yes. Cause they got tons <laughs> of great experience. They're super funny. They drink the black coffee, generally never purchase anything else, which is fine. Right. And they always have to have the mug. They don't drink out of a paper cup. So they uh, get their And, and what we did with them was, we did create a senior dollar discount for mm. them, right? So they get they get their dollar coffee because even though, and later on we're going to talk talk about loyal customers, but even though they might not be our target audience, there's somebody who's going to come in often and all the time. And maybe even in some locations, it could be a particular target yeah. audience because we do have black coffee drinkers. Yeah. So, so maybe you upsell them to a, a sausage egg and yes. whatever biscuit or something like that instead exactly. of a, a caramel macchiato. <laughs> exactly. Or even encourage them to come back at the three o'clock hour for coffee in the afternoon because maybe they're the coffee drinkers that drink, you know, in the morning and then they come back again at three o'clock and have another cup of coffee. So I don't know that, you know, segmentation and target audience. I think that the internal or so your employees need to know about it and understand it. But as the marketer, you're creating this so that you can... It's going to be more focused on external marketing. Yes, okay. so that you can push out that message to people. And that so, makes sense. Yeah, okay. so my target audience is going to be a little bit of each one of those categories that we just talked about. And I'm going to put them into a group of people and say, I would like to create a campaign message for ages 25 to 35 women who are moms, young moms, who like yoga, who are healthy, who drink protein shakes, who drive a 
SUV, uh, a Subaru. A Subaru. <laughs> they uh, they love to read books. They love to learn. They're educated. They pro- their husbands are professionals, and they are teachers, right? So I, I'm creating this target audience, and the reason why I'm doing that is then I think even a little bit more deeper into a persona. I was going to say, that's where this one, you're personifying that group. Yes, yes. So I'm trying to figure out who exactly is that person that I'm going to market to. We have a term for this in radio. There's a your prime listener. that, that it, And if it's a rock station, that prime listener is a little bit different than if it's a hip-hop station. And they're a little bit different than if it's a talk station and things like that. And I can't remember off the top of my head what that term is, but there's a there's a... P1. It's your P1 listener is what they call it in in the radio world. And I would assume every industry has probably some kind of term for that person. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about a coffee shop industry, right? I mean, the persona has to love coffee. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and in a lot of coffee shops, it's specialty coffee where I'm I'm okay when I have these black coffee drinkers, not Folgers. I want I want more than Folgers or I want to be able to you know, encourage you to drink different than Folgers. But it, it is something that I think we'd all have a persona. And so when I have the students create the persona, they get to create a specific person, right? So they're going to name that person. So it might be, they might be um, marketing to Susie, who Susie is a college student and she is a, a senior level of college year, or maybe she's a grad student and she no longer drinks, you know, 12 drinks to get drunk. She'll just have a drink. Right. She likes craft beer. She likes the taste of it. She knows she has to get up early in the morning. <laughs> so she's not going to do as she used to do in the past. She also is dating someone. It's serious. She has a dog. I mean, I can think of all of these different things, right? And I'm going to be very specific about Susie And the reason why I'm being specific is because I want to create a campaign message for her. Susie ultimately still uses Facebook and she does use Instagram. She probably watches the TikTok videos, but doesn't doesn't create create them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snapchat is kind of... How did I become Susie all of a sudden? Because I use Facebook, I have them on Instagram, (laughs) and I watch TikTok, but I don't create them. (laughs) Okay. And, And I, you know, and so like, that's great because you think about that. Susie probably fits lots of different people who are that particular mold. Exactly. So when I'm creating a message for somebody like Susie, it might fit Brad. It might fit Joe. And then I'm really being able, as a marketer, I'm really able to then focus on my thoughts of what that person is thinking about, about my messaging. And again, this kind of goes back to, this goes back to our thoughts of when we create logos or we create slogans for our campaign messages you know, what are the things that those people will hear or listen to? So I, I think um, segmenting your people, bringing it down to a target audience, and then bringing it down to a persona, you know, allows us to create some really cool campaign ideas. Right. So I, I think that's that kind of wraps up the discussion of segmentation as far as it goes. Because essentially, if let me try to summarize and make sure I got this right. So we're we're taking the seven billion people on the planet and kind of breaking them down into groups through what do we say Ge- uh, demographics, age groups, occupations, things like that. Geographic where they live, um, how 
or, or psychographics, their lifestyle, whatever that is. Um, and then how often or how, how, how they use the product or service use and things like that for the purpose of finding the target market. And then you even break it down a little bit farther to find the person in that target market that you're, you can kind of imagine as you're creating the marketing campaign in hopes that the person you've created, the persona actually kind of fits a lot of those, those groups. Am I Spot on? All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sandy, I guess with that, we're, uh, we're pretty well wrapped up for market uh, for segmentation. Um, what are we talking about next week? Do you know the? Do you know the? I don't even know off the top of my head. I, oh my gosh! I think we talked about this on the spot. Did um, we talk about this? Yeah. Already? So next week we talk about. <laughs> I thought we talked about secret. this, and I don't remember. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Um, next week we talk about positioning, which okay. means you know oh, how okay. we position products in different places, and that yeah. leads us back to how the the particular target audience looks right. at different places of where that product is positioned, okay. but also then. Marketing. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that. I thought we had, but I couldn't remember. So my ADHD and I've got a memory of a goldfish. And so, yeah, it's. I say those exact same things. That's kind of scary. Is it really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, again, as uh, as it's been the last three weeks, I'm Brad Schmidt. Sandy Luck. Dr. Sandy Luck is the, uh, you're the professor. Uh, that's running this class. And we've had a little bit of fun with these the last couple of weeks. And I'm looking forward. We got 13 more to go. That's this right. is going to be a great time. Awesome. Sandy, thank you. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, thank you.